Welcome to this third installment of the Special Guidebook Edition of the podcast, Leadership. The Special Edition podcast brings parts organisational change, supporting our children and families guidebook to life. I'm your host, Yvonne Brady. The Organisational Change Guidebook highlights four factors that have the potential to affect child and family outcomes. Organisational culture and climate, change management, leadership and organisational learning. Leadership. The importance of leadership in changing organisational culture and climate cannot be overstated. This is especially true in the case of child welfare organisations tasked with ensuring the safety and well-being of vulnerable children and their families. Higher levels of positive leadership in human service organisations have been found to be associated with higher levels of organisational commitment. While there are many components to creating and sustaining a learning organisation, a critical first step is the recognition by leadership that new organisational practices and norms are required to maintain relevance and effectiveness. Understanding the role of leadership within the social work profession is increasingly important due to a changing profession influenced by social, cultural, economic, political and demographic factors that impact delivery systems. The success of an organisation is largely determined by how people feel about their work. Critical to the success of leaders are the relationships that they develop with and between those around them. Good leaders create feelings of confidence, trust, safety, motivation and commitment among their followers. If these foundations are in place, people are much more likely to find the energy and enthusiasm to invest in service improvements. It is the leader's behaviour that generates the positive feelings and relationships required to enable people to work together toward a shared goal. The conditions of child welfare practice in recent decades have been likened to being in permanent whitewater, characterised by increased competition for scarce resources, heightened performance and accountability concerns, and escalating caseloads. The current practice environment requires a broader range of leadership and management skills than in the past. It is no longer sufficient to monitor an organisation's internal affairs and maintain the status quo. Instead, what are required are strategic skills and competencies that can assess and align an organisation's internal features, i.e. structure, process, technology, culture and staff, with its external reality. These strategic leadership skills are critical to improving service outcomes for children and families. Organisations and organisational leaders are role models who set the tone for the whole organisation. Leadership is a process of continuous improvement that takes place over a lifetime. This process involves a commitment to developing the personal attributes, knowledge and skills that are necessary in order to lead others to achieve their goals. What is leadership? While leadership is known to be a key factor in determining the success of any organisational change, no single commonly accepted definition has been agreed upon in the literature. Many definitions have been proposed. For example, Cotter characterises leadership as the engine that drives change, defining what the future should look like, aligning people with that vision, and inspiring them to make changes despite inevitable or unexpected obstacles. Across the many theories of leadership, there is some agreement on the following qualities. Leadership is based on self-awareness, providing the basis for transparency, authenticity, integrity and trust. 
Leadership is a process, not a property or trait of a person. Leadership is not reserved for positions at the top of the organization, but may be exercised by people at all levels of the organization, including informal leaders. Leadership does not exist in a vacuum. It only exists with the consensus of followers. Leaders need to balance order and stability with adaptive and constructive change. Since leadership is not an innate ability, it can be developed through careful training and coaching. Many people hold positions that require they act as both leaders and managers. It is important, therefore, to distinguish between the two terms. The main focus of management is delivering core business efficiently and effectively, while leadership is about encouraging change in response to challenges and moving people toward a commonly defined goal. The following are some of the key differences between management and leadership. Leaders develop a vision of the future, establish direction, inspire and energize staff, and generate change. Managers develop supporting policies to realize the vision of the future, make plans, allocate resources and approve budgets, organize and delegate staff, and generate consistent results. Styles of leadership transactional versus transformational. Two predominant styles of leadership have been identified in the research literature. Transactional leadership focuses on promoting exchange between leaders and followers or managers and practitioners, while transformational leadership facilitates organizational change towards a new vision of the future. Transformational leadership is a process that changes individuals while having the ability to develop people with the motivation to improve and to be led. It involves assessing staff motives, satisfying their needs, and valuing them. There are many shared conceptual principles between transformational leadership and the values common to social work, such as the importance of valuing and empowering individuals. Positive correlations have been found between transformational leadership factors and a willingness to engage in requested activities, job satisfaction, and perception of leader effectiveness. The following behaviours are associated with transformational leadership. Showing genuine concern for others' well-being and development. Allowing discretion and the sharing of power. Being accessible, approachable and in touch. Encouraging questioning and critical thinking. Being transparent, honest and consistent. Having integrity and being open to ideas and advice. Being prepared to make difficult decisions and take risks. Being inspirational and an exceptional communicator. Being analytical and creative. Being passionate, determined and achievement focused. Being team oriented. Having the ability to unite and draw people together. Valuing learning and seeking constructive feedback. Being sensitive to the impact of change. Leaders who demonstrate these transformational behaviours in the way they routinely work will have a greater positive impact on the people they work with than leaders who do not and are therefore much more likely to achieve change. The importance of supervisors as leaders. 
Supervisors play a critical role within social work organisations. Key predictors of supervisor effectiveness are found to be the supervisor's leadership behaviour and communication skills. Reinforcing supervision as a primary mode of communication and capacity building within an organisation signals an investment in organisational change and development. Investments in supervisor training have the potential to strengthen an organisation through bringing clarity of purpose, improving staff functioning and ultimately improving client outcomes. Quality of supervision is among the strongest predictors of satisfaction among child welfare practitioners. Supervisors have the potential to influence the development of practitioners' cognitive, social and behavioural competencies through mastery modelling, which implies that effective supervision should be a predictor of case outcomes. Self-efficacy and supervision Self-efficacy refers to the beliefs a person has in their ability to organise and carry out specific actions. People tend to be more strongly influenced by their personal belief in their capability to perform tasks than objective facts. An individual's self-efficacy is related to motivation and actual behaviour. Individual perceptions of self-efficacy in a work unit are not simply added together. Instead, those acting together with shared beliefs have collective efficacy. Collective efficacy has been shown to be related to higher aspirations and motivation, persistence in the face of challenges, resilience to stressors, and performance accomplishments. In the unpredictable and challenging context of child welfare practice, strengthening the self-efficacy beliefs of professional staff is an important issue. Self-efficacy theory can provide the foundation for child welfare supervision. Supporting staff with low self-efficacy is important for the practitioners, the organisation as a whole, and the children and families they support. The four main types of experiences found to improve and develop self-efficacy are An act of mastery Successfully practising a skill or behaviour. For example, leaders should assign tasks that require some struggle yet are achievable. Tasks should be progressively more challenging to promote motivation and a sense of accomplishment. Vicarious experience Observing valued role models. For example, leaders must create opportunities for people to observe experienced and motivated individuals in similar roles. The role model must be someone slightly more experienced rather than an expert in the field or someone with decades of experience. Physiological and effective states. Learning to keep emotions and physiological arousal at a self-supporting level. For example, during formal and informal discussions, leaders must promote critical thinking for practitioners. They should explore how working with children and families within the context of child welfare influences their physical state and how that may potentially affect decision-making processes. Verbal persuasion. Receiving encouragement and support from valued others. For example, setting high expectations of individuals and expressing the belief that they have the necessary skills provides a sense of motivation, pride and desire to successfully achieve goals. Formal and informal leaders. When discussing leadership, it is important to acknowledge the existence and importance of informal leadership. Leadership exists at all levels of organisations, from the executive and mid-level management to supervisors and organisational champions, and finally, community advocates who hold agencies to account for their actions. 
Informal leadership is vital to the success of contemporary organisations, which must operate in environments that are more complex and ambiguous than ever before. Research suggests that groups and organisations operate more effectively when leadership is shared across people and hierarchical levels. Leadership, therefore, is not reserved for people in hierarchically superior positions, but rather is a shared function that anyone can fulfil, regardless of job title or level. Research suggests that individuals emerge as informal leaders in groups to the extent that they represent the prototypical member of the group, or are seen as possessing expertise, qualities, and or experience that can help the group successfully complete its tasks. With this in mind, it makes sense to engage those informal leaders in efforts to support and enhance organisational growth and change. Informal leaders are well-placed to share knowledge, viewpoints and thoughts existing within the organisation that top-level management may be unaware of. These informal leaders are also exceptionally well-placed to gain the trust of employees, share with them the vision of the future for the organisation, inspire and energise staff and ultimately generate change. Leadership and Anti-Oppressive Practice Leaders in the field of child welfare are in a strong position to promote anti-oppressive values in their organisation and to build capacity to support anti-oppression in child welfare. Commitment from senior leadership, along with active involvement and support for the process, will signal that everyone is capable of participating in efforts to become an anti-oppressive organisation and that such work is valued. Leaders can commit to model and promote anti-oppressive principles and practice by holding themselves and others accountable for the creation and operation of an anti-oppressive organisation. This will create collective ownership and make the commitment clear to all staff. Developing a policy and practice framework that supports anti-oppressive child welfare work. Creating the conditions and establishing expectations for the behaviour and practice of all staff, both internally and in the community. Developing a clear process for monitoring and evaluating progress in implementing anti-oppression principles by defining outcomes and holding themselves to an even higher standard of evaluation. Following through on identified problems and or obstacles in a timely and transparent manner. How can we develop and sustain positive leadership? Create an impetus for change. As a leader, it is important to convey to potential followers and allies that maintaining the status quo is not an option. Leaders are in prime positions to make a persuasive case for change by marshalling facts and demonstrating need. Creating an incentive for change may involve rocking the boat by Sharing current performance results and comparisons Asking difficult questions about the acceptability of current ways of working and levels of professionalism. Setting standards that can't be achieved without change. Role model positive behaviours. Employees have been found to attend vigilantly to leaders' behaviour, even to the rather mundane aspects, such as what leaders spend time on, put on their calendar, ask and fail to ask, follow up on, and celebrate. 
These behaviours provide employees with evidence about what counts and what behaviours are likely to be rewarded or punished and convey much more to employees about priorities than do printed vision statements and formal policies. It is critical then that leaders pay heed to these seemingly insignificant behaviours and actions in order to ensure that they are continually conveying the message of change for which they are striving. Demonstrate self-knowledge and regeneration. From self-knowledge comes the capacity to manage our own behaviour, recognise strengths and challenges in ourselves, and, from a repertoire of models and skills, select the most effective response to a situation. Effective leaders are regenerative in that they model continuous learning and develop the capacity of others to lead and self-govern. The interdependence of leadership and management highlights the fact that leaders at all levels are involved in a constant balancing act between external and internal demands, action and reflection, control and flexibility. Listen to staff concerns and anxieties. Leaders are encouraged to create conditions where anxieties and concerns about a change initiative and the work involved can be openly aired. It is vital that leaders are able to demonstrate that they have heard and understood people's views. The ability to show genuine concern is one of the critical behaviours of effective leaders and is most strongly linked to staff motivation and satisfaction. Exhibiting concern may be done by Making time to listen to any objections and worries. Asking questions to fully understand their position, perspectives and ideas. Making changes and compromises that respond to concerns. Having high expectations of what staff can achieve. Create learning organisations. Leaders can develop the ability of others to perform and contribute to the development of learning organisations by providing ongoing feedback and opportunities to grow through informal and formal methods. Within teams and departments, consider what can be done in order to promote learning for all staff. For example, recognise and allow for different learning styles. Allow staff to bring mistakes to your attention and use them as learning opportunities. Mentor new staff in needed aspects of their work. Bring forward new resources and articles for discussion and learning at meetings. Offer a book club or article swap or otherwise encourage ongoing learning. You have been listening to the third instalment of the special guidebook edition of the podcast, Leadership. The podcast is produced by Practice and Research Together, a membership-based organisation that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information about this special edition, the podcast, or Practice and Research Together, please visit www.partcanada.org. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PartEIP. That's P-A-R-T-E-I-P. Thanks for listening.